I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Well, here we are, coming at you from 2023. Oh, I suppose it is. It is, yes. yes. We've, we've, we've crossed over. I know it's not the day, but it has happened. So, well, yes. happy new ones and all happy that. New year to you and all of the... Many listeners. That all of our many, many still listeners. Still baffling, but yes, many of them. And and all the issues uh, therein. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. So that, that that's it. We've uh, we've got another one out the way. Probably it's gone, isn't it? I don't know where it went, but it's gone. Yeah, no, that was a blink and you miss it. And... It, was, it really was. I, and... I have no idea what went on there. <laughs> It was one of those ones where you go, we started the year going, oh, this year will be different. Fuck. Oh, you say that Fuck. every year. Every year. <laughs> oh, have we achieved any of them? I'm uh, still fat. That didn't, uh, that didn't happen. I've expanded horrifically in the past <laughs> several weeks. Yes. Well, as we touched on only moments ago off podcast, five roast dinners in five days. Yeah, that's not helping. Mm, no. We did, however, have some car changes uh, in 2022. We we said goodbye to our Fiesta and we welcomed our Puma. Oh, yeah, you did that. That's... So, you know, that's that's on topic for us. That is. Um... Although we acquired a van. You got quite, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Well, you I don't do. use it, so that's why I've forgotten about it. No, it's fairly irrelevant to you, but it yeah. is nevertheless there. Yes. It is there. It's it's often on the driveway. So yes, that's yeah. That that's that's good for us because normally we're quite we're quite static. We have completely failed to do our uh, mini uh, Puma comparison that we promised everyone, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, well, a clutch will play on that, really. So, yes. <sighs> yeah, the mini wasn't working right for a little while, was it? So, no. yes. It's it's the clutch is it still needs replacing, but the fluid has been bled slightly, and it's basically it's eked it out a little bit. Yes, yes. Um, but I still wouldn't be confident in putting it up for a comparison test because i'm fine driving it because i'm used to it but put someone yeah. else in it that's just a bit cruel well it's not very fair on the individual or the car really mm. because um yeah it's just gonna come out as the verdict as well the puma was all right but the mini was rubbish <laughs> <laughs> so, which isn't very fair no. So. <laughs> no so that's that will happen but i very much getting my money's worth out of the clutch at the moment. Yeah, you're eking that through to the last little bit of meat that's spinning round in there. Yes. Yeah, I get the feeling that will bite me in the arse at some point. But I well, it's just going to go, cover. isn't it? Yeah, and that'll sure. be that. Um, your progress will be very limited. Yes. That's, that's fine. I accept that. Um, if it could do it on the local journey, I'd be all the more grateful for it so. uh yeah i mean if it could uh, collapse either at home or in the car park at work that would be ideal um yeah because you can yeah. go inside and keep warm while you wait for the 10 hours for them to come and get you but no i'm oh, not no, because you're not with you're not with the rac are you so that'll no. be all right <laughs> yes no so that's fine um i'm <laughs> terribly sorry rob I really am that's yeah I, I, I mean to bring that up it's I don't... painful memories for you there chap yeah I, that <laughs> I don't, it's not a name and shame podcast, but that is fucking abysmal. Yeah, it is, isn't that? That's not on. You cannot leave somebody in the snow by the side of the road Mm. for 10 hours with a car that will not move. No, unimpressed with that. That is not on. I would be, yeah, I would be kicking up a stink about that. I'd certainly be wanting my money back. Yes, they can shove their annual fee right up their arse. Uh, Yeah, well put. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to go potty mouths on that one, but that was unbelievable. <laughs> I I was not happy with that. It wasn't no, even me who was stuck. You weren't even there. No, no, no. That is not on. That just simply is not on. I mean, what is the point of them if they if that's the best they can do? Mm. No, no, not not on. Not at all. No. Um. Right. We've got. We've got housekeeping 
start with, haven't we? We've got some stuff to take care of, yes. We have, right. We promised, uh, after our failure of the MG <laughs> website and their configurator, uh, that we would both spec up an electric mini. Mm. We've actually pulled our finger out and done it. We have done it. I rather enjoyed doing it, actually, because it's quite a good configurator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah no, pra- uh, trouble is, I'm used to sitting on the Porsche site and going into the nth degree, uh, whereas the mini one was quite refreshing, going, all right, there's a few options, but... I don't have to spend all day on this. I think not too much, not too little, really. Mm. I mean, the Porsche website does go a little bit too far. Um, That's your opinion. Yeah. Yes. The uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if there were a few more bits and pieces in certain areas, but mm. uh, I thought it worked, uh, it worked rather well. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um... We haven't really thought how to do this, have we? That's the best. I haven't given it any thought at all, no. No. Um... Um... Okay, so well, yes, I'll tell I'm you what then. Yeah, go on then. Right, what I've got here is if I skim through my summary, I can go right. Which first off, which one did you pick? That's because a good it, place to start. There's a, yes. Four four levels of mini. So I think what we'll do is we'll do which level of mini did you pick? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go exterior options, interior options. Whether you selected any packs. Yep. Whether you selected any options and whether you opted for any of the charging extras. That's probably yes. the best way to deal with it. Well, that also follows the order that it is in the configurator. So that's we, can, that's... we can follow along. Um, yeah, that's that what works. I'm thinking. I was thinking, yeah. right, okay, we've we, we, we spec'd one up, then gave it no additional thought, but we'll do that. Okay, so. We'll do that, and then we can end with our final price, which will be um, interesting. Yes, that's um, true, yes. yes. Uh, okay, then, what level of mini did you select? I selected the three. Interesting. Which I believe is the equivalent of the Cooper S in the petrol. Um. I yes. I think there or thereabouts seems right. Yes. Um, so I went for the three. Um, uh, it seemed uh, it was sort of the sweet spot for me, really. The the um, it it just had the most tasty options. It was the best performing of the options that are available, um, and. Um, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to mess about with any of the others, really. That's fine. That's a very interesting. I went for a level two. Ah, okay. Right. I did that off the back of looking at some of the extra options that you get on the level three and thought, you know what? That's a load of nonsense I'm never going to use. <laughs> You're probably right. Mm. Um you're probably I, right. I came at it really objectively there. I thought, yeah, you, you know did, what? didn't you? Yeah. That's that's that stuff that I personally do not need. Okay, no, that's fair enough. That's fair yeah. enough. Um it's interesting we've both ignored the one. Um Yeah, I've the uh that was well not a bad car, I'm sure, but I I just fancied some extras. Yeah, the one is a little bit basic. Um, and there's yeah. absolutely there is a market for that, um, particularly yeah, yeah. in in small cars. There absolutely is a market for that, um, mm. which is very but... good. Uh, but I wanted my, I ended up at the two because going right, that's kind of the sweet spot for a bit of connectivity for your devices and all that uh, without yeah, going it, overboard. Yeah. It does have all that. Um, yeah, I you probably put more thought into that than I did. Okay. <laughs> Um, there was a fourth one as well, which uh, was looked like a special edition. Um, I forget the name of it now. Um, uh, let me. F- they are, they are resolute. Yeah, I couldn't see a lot of point in that. Very limited options. That's it. Um, I I dismissed that as kind of a cost. fixed package, really. So I didn't yeah. bother with that, and I I dropped down to the three. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, that's where I ended up. I was slightly annoyed that I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the two that I really wanted, but there was one mm-hmm. thing that really irked me, and it was 
rear camera. Yeah. It's tiny. <laughs> you don't need a camera. No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't need a camera. If you need a camera, you shouldn't be driving. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, there, were, there was, a, there was a, my li- one little irk from it, but there we go. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. There it is. And you can just choose not to look at it. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's fine. Okay, then. Right. We've got our level. Where are you with your exterior options? Okay. Well, I've gone for quite a classic Mini Cooper look here. Okay. I've gone for the non metallic chili red. Mm-hmm. I have gone for a white roof and mirror caps. Okay. I have gone for the white bonnet stripes. Mm -hmm. And I have gone for the silver uh, 17-inch tentacle, as they call them, alloys. Interesting. For me, that was the most classic mini look. Mm. Um, Silver wheels, plain red paint, white roof and mirror caps and the and the stripes. I just think, yeah, that's that's a mini. That's a classic Mini Cooper. Do you know what? It's oh so close. <laughs> it's it. It is because I had I too have selected chili red with the 17 inch tentacle smoke silver wheels (laughs) however i've mixed it up slightly i've gone for the black roof and mirror caps and black bonnet stripes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can see that i can see in fact my the mini that i had had a black roof and Mm. mirror caps and bonnet stripes um but uh, yeah, interesting. Well, that's quite a subtle difference, actually. It is, but awfully <laughs> similar. <laughs> awfully, awfully similar. Mm. The other colours are nice, actually. There's one around here in the green, and it's a gorgeous colour. It's nice green. Yeah, yeah I'll give it. Yeah, that. Uh, I also quite like the island blue. Um, but in yeah. the end, I wanted the classic mini look, and I thought, yeah, that's it's got to be the red. Mm. It's got to be the red. And I'm not a big fan of red cars generally, but I just think Mini Cooper, it's, it's got to be red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, clearly I'm with you on that. So. Clearly you agree with that, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, very good. Let's let's pop you in your interior then. Okie dokie. Uh, I have gone for the uh, black interior. The, what do they call it? The, the leather lounge. Interesting, uh, I think. Dear. Mm. Um, yeah, gone for the black interior. Um, and uh, in fact, on the, I don't know if this is just on the three, um, but the piano black uh, trim on the ah. interior, you don't have any choice about that. That's the only option. Okay, so that's very similar, actually, because I too have the interior uh, trim in piano black. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went for the... Uh, what they call the cloth leatherette. Still black, uh, but it's a bit akin to what's in our mini outside where you know, there's quite a lot of cloth, but there's a bit of fake leather. Yeah. In there. So well, again, my real mini that I had had that, but again, I think it must be on the level three. I can only choose leather. I don't have a, a cloth option. I think you are correct on that. Uh, Yes. Yeah, it it is. That is part of your premium price, having a full leather interior. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So this one is part leatherette, which I think day to day I would rather sit in. And considering I've been using our current Mini with a similar interior during Mm -hmm. winter months, I am incredibly grateful for the centres of the seats not being leather. Not being leather. (laughs) Yes, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Can be a bit chilly. Yes. Yes. Um, Especially if you get in it with nothing on. uh, I've not done that because the destination tends to be work and I am in the relation period. Oh, that's true. You've got to be careful, haven't you? Yeah. Yes, if I rock up there, Stark Bollock, that's not 
going to go well, is it? It's not going to help, is it, really? No. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have the choice of fabric. I think the three only comes with leather, so... Yes, I think you're right. Um, then, uh, I don't know about you when you were specking yours, but when I got to the pack section, it said you can have the level two pack and go, well, okay, that's kind of what I asked for. Yeah, mine's the same. I've got the, I've the level three pack, and that is it. I don't have any other choice. Mm. Um, that does, however, give me um, auto-dimming rear-view mirror, um, panoramic glass sunroof, um uh, what else we got uh front armrest uh the reversing camera as you've commented on is on the two as well um uh parking sensors where you'd expect that if there's a camera um heads up display as i recall uh you probably um uh um isofix well i'm not interested in that anymore um uh, what else we got? I've got a Harman Kardon surround sound audio system. Ah, for the banging tunes. For the banging tunes. Um, I have additional interior lighting. I have... That's, that's um, important. It is. Um, I actually paid a little bit extra to have that on my Tesla Model S. Um, ambient light. Or the discerning dogger. Yes, absolutely. Of course, being a Tesla, you can change the colour of it uh, in the software. Of course um, you can. But, uh, yes. Uh, electric folding mirrors, fronted, front heated seats, um, Bluetooth wireless charging, um, yeah, ambient lighting and DAB radio is what I get on my level three pack. Okay, so that's, that's fine. Yeah. All bits and bobs. Some of them unnecessary yeah they probably are but yeah. i thought well you know i'm not gonna muck about here they just give me the top pack yep yep that's yep. fine um yeah so that's that is what it is really like you say not a lot of choice in the mi- in the mix there um, no not really um all right then options uh this was there was some but not lots no the very little on mine <clears throat> yeah um, um there were some functional ones, which they said options, but didn't seem to be optional. I think you could untick them, actually, uh, being warning triangle and e-drive services. Yeah, the only other option I've got on the functional is some roof rails for 150 oh, quid. Yeah, I didn't have that option, and I wouldn't okay. put them on a mini anyway. I haven't put them on, um, but they must be a, a, a three-only option then I if think, you didn't have them. I yeah, could have I had roof rails, but no, I didn't. I don't yeah. think they were, but I mean, I pr- even if they were there, it's, I would have dif- dismissed them, which is possibly what's happened there. I yeah. did, however, pick a visual um, option. I did too. Uh, being that I went for the black roof mirrors and black stripes, I then specced the piano black exterior. Ah, interesting. Yes, um, as did I. Um, I also had the option of um, tinted glass. Oh, I don't think I had that. No, again, I think that's a three-only option. Mm-hmm. The three comes as standard with a leather steering wheel mm-hmm. uh, and a, um, a black uh, roof lining. Okay, yep. So, yes, I had the option of an anthracite roof lining if I wished, but I did not wish. I did wish, um, and I selected it. But it's a no-cost option. So, oh, interesting, okay. That's yeah, fine. It's, it's just personal preference. There's no yeah. there's no cost implication. So. so that's not too bad, then. None of us have really gone over the overboard on the options there. I don't think so, no. Um, um, no. And after that, it was the charging section. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be yeah. really boring off the bat and go, I selected neither because I'd rather sort out my own home charger and deal with my own public charging. Yes, me too. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit familiar with this anyway. I've got some charging cables already from when we had the Tesla, mm. um, and we already have a home charger. Uh, yes, if we got another EV, I'd probably upgrade it, but not to one of theirs. Um, uh, yeah, that's I fair. Would, I would have uh, something else. So... 
Um, uh, yes. So no, I didn't choose any of the charging options uh, at all. <laughs> okay, so we've gone for awfully similar, but just different enough, I'd say. Just, just a little bit, I would say. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so, right. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Let's not muck about here. Um, we need to talk figures. We do need to talk the numbers, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, so with tech, uh, well, what, yeah, hang on, let's, let's check what we've got here. Make sure my numbers are right. So we're we looking at total price here. We are looking at total price, I think. Yes. Yes. So go on then. What did you and your lavish three? <laughs> Get up to. I have ended up at thirty-five thousand two hundred pounds. Good heavens! So mm. what's thirty-five thousand two hundred? So that's seven hundred quid of options. Uh, let's have a look. Does it tell me that? Because um, I think yes, you start. It, yeah, because you start in price thirty-four and a half. Starting price is. Uh, no, starting price uh, thirty three nine twenty, and yes, seven hundred pounds worth of options. Oh, okay, there you go. Right, so yeah, yeah. Um, so my final figure is thirty one thousand four hundred and fifty. Oh, so having the two does save you quite a bit. That is a noticeable saving. Yeah, and yeah, I've it is. Got, yeah, I've yeah. gone in there and thought, right, you know what? This is this. This would be me going to the showroom. This thanks. Mm. I've given it thought. I looked at the options and went, you know what? That's that's me there. I want I don't want basic, I want a bit extra. Yeah. Um yeah, but I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. You you're yeah. Well, I mean, you're I can't, away... I can't no. afford it, but it's, it's, it's neither of us neither of us is doing this. No. Um unfortunately. Although once again we have spec'd well, certainly visually almost identical. Mm. But I just think as well, going actually go if people go, Oh, well my my quoted range is hundred and forty two miles. Um Yeah, what's my quoted range? Um And people go, Oh well, that's rubbish and go Like we said I, the other day, I could I could drive to and from work every day for I think I worked out I could do three weeks without even plugging it in. And that would still be a buffer on 142. Well, essentially, mine's come out at 141. Why there is one mile difference, I don't know. So they're the same in the real world. Yes. When um, Mr. Richard Simons, who you may find on YouTube, who's the mm. chap I, who sold my uh, Tesla for me, yep. um, the uh, independent EV dealer down on the South Coast, he had uh, an electric mini a little while ago. Um, he'd taken it as a part exchange and he ran it for a little while. Mm -hmm. And he exceeded the uh, expected range several times. Okay, so they've been conservative then. Think. Yeah, I think so. Um, they're like all that. supposed to quote this WLTP range, which yes. is a sort of international standard. Mm -hmm. But it is... Uh, like the, um, I forget what they called it now, but there was there was something prior to WLTP um, that was horrifically inaccurate. <laughs> um, WLTP is a little bit better, but not much. Mm. But I think you treat it the same way as you treat fuel consumption figures on a piston car. They're not to be trusted. Oh, nonsense. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. That's not specific to EVs. It's absolute no. nonsense in the petrol and diesel world as well. Um, but he found that the Mini consistently exceeded the range estimation. Yeah, um, okay. Can, and he I... did a number of quite long journeys. Um, it charged very quickly, and it did more on a charge than it said it would um, on more than one occasion. So that's hmm. nice to know. Its range isn't that competitive. Um, you know, we've, we've touched on this before. It, 
it isn't. Um, but it's um, a small electric car, which are not plentiful, I'm afraid. They're not plentiful. Its range is about the same as the, um, which is another small electric EV. Um, pretty much everything else on the market has considerably higher range, but the <clears> Mini <throat> has very much been optimized for handling and performance, not range, um, because that's what the Mini is all about. So, But um, someone, someone doing local mileage could have a fantastic car that is chuckable as well. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't put people off it. I need to know what you're buying. Um, mm. You know, if you need... If you need a motorway cruncher, then you know you're not going to buy a mini, are you? If you want something that's going to do 300 miles plus on a charge, um, the but mini's not the car. You say that though. If you were going to say, right, okay, I do actually need to do a motorway journey in it, be it not every day. Hmm. There's no reason you couldn't. No, absolutely. Um, Certainly, whichever direction you go in the UK now, you will find some chargers within the range of this car. Yeah. Um, so that's not that's certainly not the issue it would have been even a couple of years ago. This could be someone's foot in the door. It could. That's true. It could. Um, um, I'll tell you what, I am going to do a really ham-fisted segue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because we've, we've done our minis. We've summarised. We, we both have. like them, and we would have them in an instant. Yeah, we we've said I, that I, we, we both like minis. We said that these could be a foot in the door. You could almost call them a gateway drug. Um, <laughs> you could, <laughs> which brings me less than delicately on to uh, another topic that I wanted to touch on in our New Year's episode. Oh yeah. Um, which doesn't relate to cars, I'm afraid. But it does, oh. re- it does relate to James Bond. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah. Those, those are our two... Marvellous. Our two pillars that we... The two cornerstones uh, of this podcast. Yeah, really. That's it. Yeah. We, we, we require these two things, right? Mm. And this is something that came up the other day and said, right, if you were coming to James Bond with no prior knowledge of going, all right, I'm, I'm aware of James Bond. But I've never seen it. That's quite a small group. <laughs> They're out there. Yes. What would be the gateway drug film? Oh, what a good question. You can see the ham fisted segue, though, can't you? What? Oh, that was awful, but it's yeah, a yeah. superb question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that's an absolutely blink. But mm. the question. Uh, is superb. Where would be the place to start? Mm. Well, I think it would perhaps depend partly on the individual in that is it uh, a child or an adult? Because I I think there are different places to start there. Yeah, that's very interesting. I'm glad you raised that point because the age of the individual is very important. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, um, and not just taking into account adult versus child. It's going, all right, they are an adult. Of which generation are we talking here? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, the style of the Bond films varies wildly across the series. Hmm. So you do need to know something about the individual to pick a place to start, I think. Okay, so right, let me throw something out there based on a lot of the stuff that you see on the internet. When anyone goes and says, right, best Bond film, which is the one I should watch first, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. There's always one that you clearly see towards the top, if not at the top. Yeah. Uh and it's Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But is it the correct answer? Hmm. I think. I think it would be for an older person. I agree. I think it's the it's one of the Bond films that's kind of got it all. Well, I mean, it was the first Bond film that did have it all. 
really. Yeah, it did have it all. And it's quite, uh, in terms of Sean Connery's tenure, it's quite standalone as well. It is quite standalone. Um, I think it benefited from a change of director from the first two. Mm. Um, I'll say something controversial here. Go on, then. This isn't strictly related to your question, but while we're talking about the first few Bond films, um, I don't think Terence Young, the director of Doctor No and From Russia With Love, and indeed Thunderball, which we're Mm -hmm. going to come back to, um, I don't think technically he was very proficient. If you look at his films... There's a lot of jump cuts. There's a lot of um, speeded up footage. Mm. There's a lot of slightly clumsy construction, which I think lets down the three bonds that he did. All three of those have all those issues in them. I think you're right. Um... Guy Hamilton, who directed Goldfinger, I think produced a much slicker product. Yeah, yeah, and I think I would agree on all counts there. I think the reason that Terence Young doesn't get picked up on any of that, and the reason his films were a success, is because of the. It, a, it was well written. Yes. Uh, but B, it was such wonderful escapism for that era. Yes. It was, and it was it was very fresh, and it was the kind of the first of its kind mm. um, coming out of the post-war years. And here was this mo- these movies that were bang up to date and really fresh and exciting and mm. colourful, and going to these exotic locations and mm. you know all the things that the the audiences living their sort of dreary lives um, wanted well, to see. Um, I mean, my my history is a bit crap. But there's a part of me that says, was because obviously Doctor No 62, mm-hmm. was rationing still a thing in this country? I, believe I don't know. Let me I, look that up. I know, it, I know it carried on a long, long time after the war. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, because we were absolutely, we were financially absolutely Yeah, I mean, um, austerity-wise, it was, well, it was buggered. Uh, rationing finished completely in 1954, okay. so it was it was long gone by the time Doctor No came along. Okay. But that's not to say just because rationing had finished that there was a lot of money in the country. Uh, no, no, um, no. It, it wasn't an affluent place. The the war effort really, well, it did it, it destroyed the economy essentially. Yeah, and we were on our own for quite a long time. Mm. Um, you know, we were quite isolated. Certainly before America joined the, the war. Mm. Um, we were we were down to our our last crusts, I think, <laughs> in the end. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, so no, rationing wasn't a thing by the time Mr. Bond came along. Uh, well, not in film form. Uh, he was when the books appeared because mm. uh, Casino Royale was nineteen fifty two. But yeah. Um, but still, yeah, I. Like- I I still think they there was nothing else like it on the on the cinematic landscape at the time. Mm. Um, and well, that that's it because it it, it 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 doesn't relate to your everyday person on the street when you go right, Doctor No, it, here he is in Jamaica. Yeah, I mean, no one's going there, are they? No one's going there. Uh, they've probably only got a vague notion of even where it is. Um, Here's Mr. Bond. We first see him gambling in a casino, um, you know, lovely ladies. Um, and mm. then he's, you know, he's off to see him, and, and then he's off on his mission and he's flying to Jamaica, and it's all very sunny and um, beaches, and yeah, it's, it's just lovely, isn't it? And mm. I think that was a big part of it. Um, but I personally wouldn't, I don't think I'd advise anybody to start with Dr. No. No, um, no, no. That I mean, I'm not discrediting it. It's a fantastic film. Um, yes. Oh, yes, it is. Um, but the, but first, like said, the first two, they were very much trying to find their feet with yeah. it. Um, the style hadn't quite been set. As I say, I, I do think there were some technical 
And that's not to diminish from Terence Young because he very much set the style. He took Sean Connery in hand with you know the tailored clothes and all that stuff. Um, he was a very elegant man himself, and he brought a, a lot of himself to the Bond that we see on screen. Mm. Um, but I do think, from a technical point of view, uh, his films do have some issues. Yeah, uh, Goldfinger doesn't have those issues. Guy Hamilton was a um, I, I, as I said before, he just produced some polished products. So yeah, yeah, yeah. For an older person, I would, I would not have a problem with Goldfinger being the place to start. It has got it all, really. It does. Um, yeah, like you say, I think an older person, yes. Um, I think. I think, I think you and I, if we were picking our favorite Bond film, is I think we come out of the same place, which I also don't think is the ideal first film. If you are referring to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, I am. It's not the place to start. You need to know something about the character for that film to make sense. Mm. Um, it is superb. Mm. But it's not the place to start. Um, it's not. And I think, all right, I, we've discussed Goldfinger. We think, yeah, maybe for an older older person, that's, mm. that could be a starting point. I tell you what, I think could be I think could be the middle ground that we're looking for, potentially, and I just want to put it out there now, would be The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a mm. really good shout. That's another one that's got it all. Mm. Um, it's a slightly lighter style again, like Goldfinger. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, Roger Moore clearly, clearly is so enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah. Bond. Uh, it's a good cast. It's a good story. They've um, thrown money at the production. They threw money at the production. It was the first film that Cubby produced on his own. Uh, and he really wanted to put it all up on the screen. Um, yeah, budget-wise, it was enormous. It was the film they built the 007 stage at Pinewood for. Well, that's right. They had to build the bit where they get ram all your submarines in there. Yes. It, there was no stage in the world that could house that set, um, a floodable set of, mm. on that scale where you could fit in three full-size nuclear submarines. Um <laughs> It didn't exist. They no. had to build it. And it cost a fortune. Um, Spy Who Loved Me was a very, very lavish production. Yeah. Um, and, and I it think shows. it shows. Yeah, yeah, it really shows. It's such a polished film. Um, there's not a dud moment in it, really. No, uh, it's got everything. It's got... Uh, I mean, the villain's ridiculous. The henchman is the most <laughs> famous of them all. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It, it it doesn't really get any better than that. You've got your your Bond girl happens to be someone who ended up married to a Beatle. Uh, it's, yes, uh, it, it it's ridiculous, isn't it? Really? It's got the theme song. Um, uh, yeah, bit of Bush. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, it's uh, oh dear. It's um, <laughs> it has got it all. Even yeah. that. That actually, um, that's that's the only bit that's ruined, and that's thanks to Steve Coogan, you bastard. Yes, that is destroyed now. Clang a lang, 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 lang. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I think that's a really good shout. Actually, if you want middle ground, mm. um, I was thinking of the Living Daylights, but I think you're right. I think Spy is probably I, a better I, place to start. I, don't get me wrong. I adore the Living Daylights. Yeah, um, Timothy Dalton's grittier Bond pleases oh, me enormously. Yeah, it's superb. Uh, but I don't think it's entry level. If you want to hook someone into the Bond world, mm. I think you need you need one of the lighter ones actually, because if it's too dark, <clears throat> it might be it might be a bit too much. Yeah. Um, um, Certainly, as you say, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, you need to be deep in before yeah. you watch that one. 
yeah, 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 yeah. That's and I think actually same is true probably of License to Kill. Yeah, that's very in depth. I mean, it because is. it's gritty, it's dark, it's very of its time being drug related. There's also a reference to him being married. It's he's, yeah, he's not you, a happy bond. It's not a happy bond. He's very much a a damaged man at that point. Um and you need to understand the relationship with Felix as well. Mm. Um and no, it's, that it was that wonderful balance of going, this is based in a really sort of lavish part of the world where there's a lot of money. Yeah. And you got your Miami, your Mexico. Well, not, mm. uh, not Mexico. It's, it's there's City, not a lot of yeah. money in Mexico. <laughs> it's the city, which was just bankrolled by drug dealers. Um, yes. Then yes, that's fine. But, but there are was... cities like that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that, and that which is why it was exist, so. of its time. It was yeah. perfect. It is very late 80s, isn't it? Yeah, it's very mm. much of its time. That's not the place to start. No. And I would say... Uh, I would say that you probably... Hmm, I hesitate to offer this as a as an entry-level Bond option, but possibly Tomorrow Never Dies. Interesting. I'm and that's, gonna... n- that's not one of my favourites, by a no, long way. I know you're not a massive fan of it. Actually, I was going to go with um, Goldeneye. Goldeneye would probably work equally as well, yeah. Fresh because start. Um... I think, I think <laughs> Brosden doesn't get enough credit for what he did. With Goldeneye, no, he doesn't. Not for any of his tenure, to be honest, because he he took it to Hollywood levels. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Um, I think it helped that he was already well-known in America. Mm. Probably better well-known in America than he was over here, actually, at that point. Um, but you have to think, if we come back to this age thing, and you go, right, anyone who is early 30s or younger, mm. Brosnan is their bond. Yeah, it's true. We all are a little bit locked in time with the first bond that we saw. Mm. Um, for me, it was Roger Moore. For um, me, it was Roger Moore. Um, yeah. But you think, of that time... Uh, not only were they new films, but the Brosnan films weren't certified too high. So children of that era could actually see the new Bond films. Yeah, I think they were 12s, weren't they? Yeah, or or whatever they, 12A type thing. So that yeah, as yeah, long yeah. as you were accompanied, you could see it. And that, in, see, fair, yeah. in fairness, um, Goldeneye wasn't horrifically violent or anything like that. No, no. Um, I saw Goldeneye at the cinema when it first mm. came out. Goldeneye was the first Bond I did see at the cinema. Interesting. Um, I th- think I'm probably the same, actually. Yeah. Because I was I was too young to see Licence to Kill. But then there was this... Me off. Yes, yeah, as was I. But then there was this huge gap. Yeah, and that... Um, and that was it. I mean, the only bugger is where we live. It took, it took several <laughs> weeks for a film that was brand new to arrive, and it wasn't until it wasn't until the world is not enough, where my dad got absolutely fed up with me in his ear saying, "I have to see it on opening night. I have to see it on opening night." He went, "Fine," <laughs> and we just drove up the motorway to Taunton. He went, "There you go. Stop bothering me." I saw The World Is Not Enough in Taunton because it was never shown in Barnstable. Oh, it was, but not for about a month. Oh, so. yeah, but not for ages. No, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the problem. But yes, Not no, at the but... time. No, 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 no I, I agree. Yeah, I, Me and him went, went up to Taunton and watched it. And after him complaining, he thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, well, it's yeah. what's not to like. Um, mm. Yeah. I think the Brosnan era blows hot and cold. Um, but I agree that he didn't 
get the credit of what he did with it. I think he was, and he was like Roger. He was so happy to finally be doing it. Mm. And he did it so well. Any any of the criticisms again, right? His films were occasionally a bit iffy. It wasn't his fault by any stretch. He oh, gave no, it everything. No. Yeah, he did. No, it wasn't his fault. And he's the first to admit that Die Another Day was a bit silly. Mm. Um, in fact, he's. Uh, I think he said to me in in um, Everything or Nothing, he said he only remembers Goldeneye. The other three were a blur. <laughs> mm. and, but, but um, having watched Die Another Day incredibly recently now, it's not as crap as I remember it. That's interesting. Perhaps actually, I haven't watched it for a while. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not a masterpiece by any stretch, but it really isn't as crap as we all make it out to be. Okay. I remember it started extremely well. The opening sequence of Die Another Day is up there in contention for best sort of pre-credit sequence. Yeah, it is very, very good. Mm. Um, and I know, I, I think we've said it before, it's actually the Bond film that I have seen the most times in a cinema. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if that's true for me. I think it might be Casino Royale. Mm. Um, but don't get me wrong, I saw that multiple times. But yeah, I went back and back and back with that, with different groups of friends. Um you know, whatever group was saying, oh, we're going to go and see Casino Royale. Thought, oh, I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> Just kept going back and watching it again. Um, okay. Inter- interesting segue there. Um, <clears throat> on to the Daniel Craig era. Would you class any of the Daniel Craig era as a gateway? Because, and I, I'm going to caveat this up front again, if you are, the only one that can be is Casino Royale. Because of the narrative. Interesting. Interesting you should say that. I don't... I do think one of the Daniel Craigs could be an introductory film. But I think it's Skyfall. I knew you were going to say that. Because Skyfall can stand alone. It can stand alone, but there are references back. Yeah, but there are a lot of references back throughout the series. I mean, there is in Spy Who Loved Me, there's a reference to Bond being married in that. Yeah, uh, but the the Daniel Craig ones, again, that really is... I mean, if you've got enough time in your hands, I know we've said it before, you just watch them all in, in one go. And go well, yes, go. you would. But, you'd just take Daniel Craig as, as one yeah. lump, wouldn't you, and mm. just have them all, but... I know Barbara would. Um, <laughs> yes. I think she probably would, and therein lies the current problem. There's mm. still been no official announcement about no. Aaron Watts' face. Um, and Taylor, I'm, I'm uh, Johnson. It. There you yeah. go. I'm, I'm more and more convinced that that's nonsense. Um, however, that's not what we're talking about. No. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah, you could go with either of them. I just think if you want, again, it depends on the individual. Because Casino Royale is quite heavy going in places. I think Casino Royale really rewards the fans of Bond because yes. it's such a departure. It's and such yet... a departure, and it's the story we always wanted them to film. Hmm. I mean, while it is a departure, it is it does feel like an old friend as well. It does. It's kind of classic Bond, even though it's not. Um... No, even though it's sense. set in, well, oh, I say modern day, but Christ, it's not as modern as you'd want it to be anymore. No, um, 2006. Yes. Yes. So that, we're really not far off that becoming a 20-year-old film. No, stop For it. That can't be true. Sake. That can't be true. It's only five years old. Mm. Um, yes. Cannot uh, be true. It cannot. No, I can't cope with that. It can't be a 20-year-old film. That's simply not possible. Um. Okay. Right, I am going to say something uh, that's going to probably end the Daniel Craig uh, <laughs> options. I don't think a Daniel Craig film could be anyone's first Bond film. No, to be fair, it probably shouldn't be, no. I agree. I, I think I think you need Connery or more. Mm. I think to start anywhere else... Um, is starting too late in the series 
and I think you need to be more immersed in where it's come from on mm -hmm. your first outing. So I think it should be a Sean Connery or a Roger Moore. Okay. Well, we can't leave it at that or that. We need to hone in, I'm afraid. We need to conclude this episode with our uh, gateway drug suggestion. Well, as I say, it depends on the individual. Um, but we don't know the individual. So we what we're going to do here is we're going to advise as best as we can. Um, Ooh. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my Roger Moore era suggestion and say it should be the spy who loved me. Mm. Yeah, I think I'll go with that as well. Actually, interesting. I think. It's the most accessible for the most number of people. Yeah, yeah, and that's the exact reason that mm. I end up with that. Um, I think, I think so. Yeah, and I would, I would happily recommend that to anyone. Yeah, I think you'd be pretty safe with that. And I've, I'd never, seen, I've that. never seen a Bond film. Which one should I choose? Yeah, because it yeah. does have it does have it all. We've said it. It's got it's got an excellent Bond who was firmly in his stride at that point. Yes, the villain superb, henchman brilliant, Bond girl yeah. brilliant, but car brilliant. Yeah, of course, yeah, car brilliant. <laughs> the Bond girl as well, a, a very much an agent in her own right. Yeah, very much on Bond's level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Really strong theme tune. If you even discount the Steve Coogan element, we um, have to at this point, please. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, be coming I around can't. here with your clang -a -lang -a -lang. I can't. Um, Every time that comes on, it's like, oh, for goodness, I used to I'm, enjoy this song. I'm working hard to get past it because um, mm. I'm a big Carly Simon fan, and I, I work hard to get past the ruination of that track. Mm. Um, just put on a bit of Bond seventy seven, you'll be fine. The problem is, he just it, it ruined it. Uh, it, particularly when he did his Bond countdown. Yeah, I know. And yeah, that, yeah. that's it. You can't go. You can't listen to it now and go. Someone says Thunderball, dump question mark. mark. <laughs> I know it's bad. Steve yeah. Coogan's got a lot to answer for there. Um. Mm. But yeah, I think you're probably onto a safe bet with the spy who loved me. I think anybody could watch that, and I would, I would think most people would watch that and come away thinking, "Yeah, I could see another one of those." Yeah, I think that's it. It's that's it. That you, you're. Uh, I'm not going to go the, the sort of whole hog and say you're hooked, but it will, it will spark enough interest to make people watch another one. I would think so, and that's that would be our. Aim, I think. Mm. It, what? Sorry, go on. no. Go on. I was. I wonder if you're going to ask the same question again. Which one did you watch first? Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to ask. Oh, yes. Okay, Bond, that's right. Which Bond film did you see first? The first Bond film I remember seeing all the way through uh, was the Man with the Golden Gun. Interesting. So Roger mm. Moore, like we said, uh, mine was uh, Moonraker. Uh, okay. Mm. Yeah, well, you're a little bit younger, so I guess that would make sense. Yeah, well, a little bit younger, and I think it's the one that happened to be on telly when I was of the right age to go yes. for my parents to go, yeah, go on, you can watch that. We had The Man with the Golden Gun on videotape, recorded mm. off the television. Obviously. Um, and it was the only one we had. And I remember, I actually remember when I got the Bond bug. So to speak, not that awful little three-wheel car, <laughs> um, <laughs> which has nothing to do with James Bond. Um, I was quite young, and I had this is really silly, but it's honest. Um, I had a Corgi Cars catalog, mm -hmm. and in it there was a James Bond page. And they had the V five, and they had the Lotus, um, and I think they had the Moonraker shuttle, and a few of the other bits, the two CV, uh, mm. the other ones that they did. And there was a picture of Roger Moore doing the classic pose with the gun. Oh yeah. Um, 
And I remember just sitting, staring at that page, thinking, oh, I've never really noticed this before. That looks fantastic. Mm. And I went trundling in to see my dad and and started to ask him about James Bond. And said, well, you know, and he started to name some of the films. And, mm. um, and the next time, I can't remember if we had The Man with the Golden Gun on tape at that point or if he recorded it as a result of me finding this new interest. Mm. But it wasn't long after that that we he recorded it, uh, and I watched it over and over and over again. Um, and then after a little while, some more came on television. Mm. Um, in fact, I remember ITV did these little um, three movie series for a few, where they do one every week for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they did several of those. And it was the next one that came on was uh, Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, and The Spy Who Loved Me, which actually is a fantastic trilogy. That's a nice trio, that, yeah. Yeah, those three go together really well. Mm. And I recorded those and watched them over and over again. And just from there, every time one came on the television, I would record it. And really get to know it. Sorry, I banged yeah. my glass there. It's all right, you're um, excited. This one, I am. I am. This is my story, <laughs> um, and that's where that's where my passion for Bond started, and it grew from it grew from there. It was a Corgi Cars catalogue which had a James Bond page in it. Oh, that's tremendous! I like that because <laughs> we're we're very similar in our household. That we had. I I watched that first one, and that was happened to be live on telly that evening. I think it may have been over a festive period, even. Right. Um, and off the back of that, Dad said, "Oh, I've got a couple taped off the telly." Uh, okay. Which, yeah. which were uh, we had "You Only Live Twice" and "Diamonds Are Forever," which I inhaled. Okay. Uh, and then not not that long after that, I. Um, I was with him at work only briefly, and uh, I was only I was quite I would must have been single digits, mm. uh, and he he was talking to his boss, and his boss had recently received as a gift the entire box set. Oh, luxury! Uh, that's it, and but. Yeah, in conversation with my dad, he happened to mention, he said, oh, great gift, and it's really nice on the shelf, because being VHS at the time, obviously, so quite... Takes up quite a bit of shelf, yeah. looks lovely, because it's massive. Yeah. Um, But he'd already bought some of the individuals. Okay. Uh, At which point, I apparently, I don't remember this, but I got told about this, Uh, I chirped up and said, oh, well, I have them. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, and started so, to make your own collection. Yeah, uh, so I got I got handed a stack, not the entire set by any stretch, but a stack of films that I'd never seen. Oh, fantastic! Lovely little treat. Yeah, so we. See, I didn't. All mine were off the television. We didn't have any bought tapes at all. Mm. Um, so my my first collection was all off the television. Yeah, um, and it was because. Because I'd got a really good stack off this guy, poor bloke, I'm fleecing him for it. I mean, he was rich, so it doesn't matter. Um, oh, that's fine then. Yeah, so that, no, I don't feel too bad. Uh, however, a couple of Christmases later, uh, there was another big push uh, for Bond films, uh, buy one, get one free. Okay, yeah. Uh, and as a kid, I gave everyone a very specific list and said, right, if you want to buy me a Christmas present, I appreciate that enormously, but you must buy only these two films. Oh, very good. Yes. Yes. So I don't want you to deviate. If they don't have it, the, the ones I've specified, don't, don't go creative. Don't improvise. No. <laughs> everyone has been given their two films to tackle here. Oh, very so, good. Yeah. And, and that is all you must do. Yeah, so that is it. The, the, the collection grew again. So... Excellent. So what was the first one you saw? Uh, the first one I saw was actually on telly, and that was Moonraker. You did say, sorry. Yes, Moonraker. Mm. Oh, very good. Which, being a kid... It's not a bad place to start. That's a glorious yes. place to start. It's not a, a woman. Mm. It's not, it's not yeah. a bad place to start. <laughs> that's it. I mean, you look at it now and go, 
it's a bit daft, this one, isn't it? It's a bit but, silly, that one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Bond. The hell are they doing with Bond in space? But as a kid, perfection. It's fine. Yes, fine. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, it's fine. Doesn't um, matter. No, not at all. So, okay, so we both we both started with Roger Moore, and we yeah. are both suggesting the film that sits in between the two we both first saw as kids. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes, um, that's true. Okay, so no point that we promise offering this service, but if for whatever reason you've listened to our podcast for a long time now and you've never watched Bond and you're fed up with us babbling on about it, <laughs> be fed up no more. Go and watch The Spy Who Loved Me and be hooked. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on... Uh all the various social medias and things. Uh, Thank you very much for listening.